0: I'm Greg, and you're listening to totally
1: preventable. Totally preventable. totally preventable. totally
0: preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable.
1: Totally Preventable. Hey, Greg. Hey, Polly. How you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah? All right, yeah. Finally got some warm weather, although it's raining today. We
0: yeah. did get some warm weather, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the rain has caused my grass to do oh. some whatever things, and... Including poison ivy. I don't know if the rain had anything to do with poison ivy, but maybe it'll make it
1: tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be like growing See? out of control.
0: This is this is all part of prevention and my poison ivy should be totally preventable.
1: It should be. <laughs> it should be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I am uh, I, I don't know what to do with it. So I'm gonna try and figure out. I mean, you've given me some tips, so
1: you and your family getting poison ivy is totally preventable. Yeah, it, it
0: better be, <laughs> it better be. I, I'm I'm nervous, you know, when it comes down to it, and yeah. you know this is a wild thing, and I I don't know all the transmission ways, and very very nerve wracking. So you've got it, you've
1: got it, Greg. I have confidence.
0: <laughs> Thank you. And people listening may be like, well, what does this have to do with totally preventable? I'm looking for harm reduction. So yeah. I don't want my children to be exposed to poison ivy yeah. or myself. yeah. So I want to reduce that harm,
1: yeah,
0: which ties right in with our guest today, Jose Martinez, who is the Hep C and Harm Reduction Associate at the National Harm Reduction Coalition. See how we tied that in? Nice.
1: Very nice. Good nice. job. That's good job.
0: That's how, do. how we su- do here at Totally Preventable.
1: <laughs> I'm super excited because we just um, we just found that coalition uh, last week looking for some help on harm reduction information. And um, they were excited as we were to do an interview.
0: This is going to be a good one. Very yeah. informative because you know we are all walking that tightrope, prevention, harm reduction, prevention, harm reduction. So yeah. hopefully you're going to get a lot of clarity from today. Yeah, I hope so. All right. So without further ado, today joining us on our Totally Preventable podcast, we have Jose Martinez, the Hep C and Harm Reduction Associate from the National Harm Reduction Coalition. Jose, how are you? I'm all right. I'm alive. And that's what really matters. We're really, really happy to have you on here and and educating us today on on the great work that you do, as well as the National Harm Reduction Coalition's work. So Thank you very much for taking the time for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. All right. To to start off, can you tell us a little about you, your story? Um, well, I'm Jose Martinez. I'm 36 years old. Um, as you said, I'm the Hapsian Harm Reduction Associate um for the National Harm Reduction Um Coalition. I handle like a lot of the peer support, like, basically supporting folks on the ground that's, um, doing the work, um, currently, you know, probably sometimes actively, um, using, um, and I come from, uh, uh, all of this is personal to me because, you know, just like five, six years ago, I was, like, receiving services and, you know, different, um, of syringe service programs in New York City, you know, and you know, I was just like in a chaotic part of my drug use. So, um, every time I, I you know, when I, whenever I do my work training support, I'm I'm really coming from that point, um, of my life because I remember what it was like. I remember what it was like transitioning from, you know, that lifestyle of just doing what I want to like. Wanting to do something for my community, you know, so I'm always having that, in the, you know, in the front of my mind when, you know, when I'm doing my work.
1: Awesome. Um, where are you located? Because the um National Harm Reduction Coalition is all over the place,
2: right? Yeah, we national. Um, I'm in New York. I'm in New York City. I'm in the Bronx. Um, but we do have people all over the country. We have um our main offices in New York, um by 22nd Street, um our, our, we have a California office in Oakland, Oakland, California, and then we have like other folks that are remote, like, um, DC, Tennessee, um, West Virginia, um, Texas, and yeah.
1: Can you explain to someone who doesn't really understand what harm reduction is, what it is?
2: Okay. Okay um because i'm I'm gonna split it into two um people who are familiar with harm reduction they call it big hr little hr right so big hr is um the movement itself right we are we're a public health movement where you know we we acknowledging that you know hiv um hepatitis c those are affecting like our community you know and um you know, our work, you know, although, you know, it, a lot of people, you know, won't agree with it, but we believe like doing things like giving out, um, you know, safer, su- safe supplies like syringes and, you know, other, you know, equipments for people to use drugs, you know, eliminate that, you know, um, so like we're also, you know, focusing on, um, you know, different laws that are just point blank, they're racist. Um, a lot of, um, structures and cultures and bills that are passed, you know, they're based on racism and stuff like that. So, um, we work on, you know, reversing a lot of, you know, a lot of those, you know, laws and approaches and stuff like that. Um, that's the big HR, like it's the movement itself, you know, it's a public health movement. But then there's the little HR, like what I was speaking about um, in the beginning, where it's the actual intervention and the approach, right? You know, um. so yeah, you can have organizations that are giving out Narcan and syringes, but they're also at the same time promoting harm right you know there's a such thing as that you know we believe that yeah we can give the we can give the equipments but without that actual i love you message or you are worthy of more you know it means nothing we're gonna have people just staying in one place you know so that's what the little hr overall is is the approach um harm reduction is just, there's like a misconception that there's this like harm reduction versus like the abstinence-based um structure, which is like what we typically typically used to like rehabs, um therapeutic communities, detoxes and stuff like that. And it's not a us versus them thing. Um, you know, because like let's say somebody comes and as me like hey can do you know like a detox or a rehab you could send me to just because i don't agree with it doesn't mean that i'm gonna tell them no you know you don't want that trust me no because different people thrive under different structures i just happen to thrive under a more loose structure some people they need that right um and it's for the person to um say if they want it or not you know so um but it's just that is a different approach you know and with in harm reduction we believe that every person is different you know every person because you know like service is not a one size fits all thing you know like there's some people like i said that like they might need the the rehab the that therapeutic of community structure um but then there's other people that just need to experience you know something different like for me for example um when i was in the chaotic part of my drug use i tried rehab and i walked right out you know, um, it wasn't for me because I was introduced to harm reduction first, where people was telling me, like, yeah, you're using drugs, but all right, if you're not ready to, you know, leave um using drugs, why don't you like do something for the community? Um, and it was actually that message that actually got, you know, that changed the way I was thinking, you know, because everywhere else that I really went to, like it was. It was a that drug is doing, you know, is not good for you, is messing you up. And if you want to do better for yourself, you need to stop using. It. And like whether it was true or not, that's not what got me going. You know, um, a person was like, you know, live your life the way you want to live it, but do something good, right? Um, one good message that I ever got in my life was like a lot of people, you know, like either give too much or they take too much. And it has to be a perfect balance of it. Like it's very toxic if a person only gives, you know, and doesn't receive it's very toxic and it's toxic on the flip side. Also, if a person only takes, what are you going to do to balance that out? Right. And the person told me like, yeah, live your life, but give back to the community. And, um, that message caused me to want to be a Hep C navigator. That's how I started like my work in harm reduction, Um, being a Hep C navigator, helping people get, you know, hepatitis C care, Um, because that's affecting our community now, even more than HIV, because we have a whole, we have a U equals U, which is untransmittable equals undetectable. We have medications, we have housing support and all of that for people with HIV. But with HCV, like we, in New York City alone, we have like close to 90,000 people living with hep c you know and that's not good you know and if we look at how many people are actually receiving the treatment then we'll see like there's a bigger problem with it uh, with hepatitis c you know um but then from there you know like so seeing that i was really Without college, you know, I have a GED. You know, I was really good at something. Hep, you know, being a Hep C navigator is like I'm really good with people. Um, I'm like a sponge. I can learn. Um, and it and it made me really want different for myself. Um, I started experiencing different things in different organizations I didn't like, and I was like, you know what? I think I think I need to be an advocate for my people, and you know, this is where I'm at. You know,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: awesome. That's that's great. Thank you for sharing that, that
0: a lot of that, you know, personal parts of your, or your story. One thing that really stood out was how like you said, you know, people can, organizations can give out Narcan, but without that, I love you message attached to it is what is it? So you know, I think a lot of, a lot of organizations can learn from that. Um, My question, my next question for you is what would you say is the the biggest misconception? What would you say is the biggest stigma or, false thinking or false thought when you when you tell somebody that you're in harm reduction
2: um well i'm sure you heard this um you know a lot of folks think that because we we're pushing for like like you know when when the harm reduction started coming out of like the white house you know everybody was oh yes and then biden just came out of nowhere and said yeah but you can't use that money to get crack pipes you know, um, and a lot of people was like, yeah, you know, because we don't want to be condoning drug use. And this is ac- This actually goes to the whole part of you can give out Narcan and syringes and still be creating harm. And it's like, you know, we, we know that, you know, passing out any drug equipment, name it, uh, the equipment that we pass out, it eliminates, you know, viruses and diseases from being passed you know the same thing is with crack pipes but we still on this oh but you're condoning you know drug use and all of this you're you're enabling people like like at the end of the like for me like once i get out this call i gotta go to the supermarket and i gotta walk past a bunch of people on my steps that are using Mm -hmm. you know and this is in my apartment building right this is our reality Mm -hmm. you know well for me anyway You know, like, so what I look like, I'm walking by these folks every single day, right? And and mind you, we say that a person doesn't have to use drugs to be affected by somebody who uses drugs. Mm -hmm. Like how many people have we, how many couples have we seen that one of them is using and sometimes chaotically and the other one isn't, right? So I have that and other things on my mind. So I'm going to give out uh, uh, syringes and other equipments to them. You know, because I know that if somebody doesn't do that, that situation is going to get worse because drug use doesn't have a face and it doesn't look a specific way, no matter how they paint it. You know, we're not condoning drug use. We're not condemning it either because ain't no, not one of us. God Mm is not none of our jobs to save a life, to save a soul is not our job to judge nobody. Our job is to like, we make the best out of what where we are, you know, and that's all we're doing. You know, because like all of these supplies that we passed now, if they not, if they wasn't passed out, we will have more HIV cases, we will have more hep C cases, you know, so people and then people need to like. And then another thing on that is that, like, let's talk realistically, realistically, we have people who use drugs, we have sex workers, like this is a real thing, we have poverty, we have people that's trying to make it this is this is a real thing. You know, this is our way of showing up for this community, a community that nobody's showing up for the honest, the honestly, like if it ain't drug use equipment it's something else that, you know, they're gonna, you know, bring up. Like we have to th- think, let, let's think about how everything was handled during COVID. You know, um, everybody stay at home, you know, and everybody stood at home. That includes the people who run these organizations, medical um, clinics, all of that. Guess who couldn't stay at home? The people who was homeless, and then everything else kept on happening while everybody was at home. People was sharing syringes, right? Because they couldn't go to organizations for syringes. Um, bathrooms was closed, so people was using the bathroom out in the street. Um, so uh, guard, um, um sanitation stopped coming. So like just uh, just so much parks was closed off, banks was closed, so there's no charging, no phones, no none of this, right? So it just left like a whole community out, you know, by themselves. Right. Imagine how that made them feel, you know. Um, I stood out about two weeks. I stood away from outreaching because I, you know, it was new to me. I had to figure out how to do this safely. Um, the organization I was working with at that time, um, outreaching, like we had to talk about like um PPE and stuff like that. When we came out, like it looked like a, like, like a uh, like a ghost town. You know, but then when they finally saw we was giving out syringes, the looks on folks' faces, the stories they was telling us. And it's not because folks, who nobody wants to put themselves in a bad position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But people are going to do, they're going to do with what they have. So people was... Of using syringes, some people was repackaging syringes that was used and selling them as um, um new syringes and stuff like that. Like this is all for survival because everything was cut off from our people. So like my whole thing is, if it's not one thing, people are gonna you know bring something else up and something else up. Months after that, about two three months, we had a um state of the state by um Cuomo and Cuomo said um. Oh, because there was this big deal with the same um, area that I'm talking about, the South Bronx. There was like a lot of stories that people was using in the public, um, just out in the street using and stuff like that. And like, you know, not, I'm not going to say if it was true or not, you know, but look at the circumstances, you know, but instead of approaching it in a more holistic way, in a more like neutral way, the response was, hey, don't arrest the people that's homeless in the street. That's unethical. But in that same sentence was like arrest the people who are using out in public. And it's like in that situation, you're talking about the same person. You're mm-hmm. talking about the same group, the same people, because that's who folks that's who folks are talking about so like my whole thing is you know like instead of looking at stuff like we've been looking at it all these years in a punitive way and it hasn't worked why don't we try something different and that's what harm reduction really promotes is like we're doing something different we don't have time to hate you know we've been there done that and we've experienced it on both sides sometimes Mm. you understand so it's like that's what we that's the best thing we can do
1: all right yeah um So when you're working, when you're doing your harm reduction, can you tell us what like a day in Jose's life looks like?
2: Um is so I outreach once a month with um an organization that's called Bronx Mobile. Um, and that's like when I do my community work, we'll drive around the South Bronx and you know, hand out bags with syringes, Narcan, um, sometimes food in there. Um uh, but usually i'm at home i'm at home um i'm doing a lot of trainings every day um I'm, I'm on a lot of meetings just promoting you know like just like different like health um stuff um i'm like putting together uh like one of my one of my projects my babies that i'm working on right now is like structuring um our um national harm reduction coalition's peer services but on a national level and like bringing all the peers from throughout the country you know into one space and because like that's one of the biggest problems right for folks that don't know when we say peers we're talking about like the people on the ground who's responsible for keeping organizations going you know the people who's navigating people into care um you know the people who are currently using and doing community work but are being black sheep and stuff because of how they view stuff so just getting them all into one space and creating that structure right because like in a lot of places you know like people have what's called EAP which is employment employee employee assistance program and it's like a um, it's a mental health service for like Full time workers and a lot of organization peers, which are usually the backbones of the org, don't qualify for that because they don't do full time hours or you know, and stuff like that. You know, um, and there's other stuff that you know, like peers who do the most work in this field, you know, don't have access to, like um, um, retirement benefits, um, health insurance you know, stuff, stuff that, you know, everybody else who do way less than them have. Mm-hmm. So like my plan is like, you know, getting, you know, a bunch of like-minded folks in one space and just like, let's get it for them, you know, let's get it for them now. And a lot of harm reduction spaces, we're hearing folks talk about, um, um, uh, what you call it, like, uh, union, excuse me. Yeah, a oh, lot of organizations are talking about unionizing, right? Yeah. Um, peers aren't part of that conversation and won't have access and won't be eligible for that if it does come into play Mm. you know and stuff like that is a problem because what that tells me is that a peer the most important and essential person in the organization his job is not secured and or valued Mm. you know and a lot of times they are kept in one place there's a lot of people who've been you know working 10 hours for an organization for 15 plus years. And it's not that they don't want to come up, it's that the organization don't want them to come up. So like, really, I'm just working on like building down those numbers so that we can start, you know, like, you know, really taking on these, you know, initiatives that's needed, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, is there
0: a, a code that you follow for harm reduction? Is there like rules of harm reduction?
2: Um, do no harm. Right. Um, But then let's be honest, sometimes, you know, you're going to do harm, whether it's intentional or not. And, you know, and this one thing I said, from the beginning of my work in harm reduction, I have been allowed to hold myself accountable, you know, and that's what we do, right, because like harm reduction, we understand, you know, people make mistakes. Um, we understand that it's not that people are dead set in their ways all the time maybe that's just how they was raised and wasn't given no other rights so there's always room for accountability so like even though we say do no harm we also like acknowledge that harm is going to happen and we're willing to hold ourselves accountable you know um, because that's 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 the first step to tackling you know white supremacy culture You know there's no accountability in those cultures at all it's a my way or the highway and that's it you got to take it you know um and um so there's language that we don't use Mm. right um like we don't use the word addicts we don't use the word fiend and you know just like a lot of other terms that is more like labeling you know like um, in term, uh, and replacing addict, we'll use stuff like people who use drugs, but more on paperwork. We're just used, we're more into just like viewing the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you want to be, you know, referred to as, you know, what's your name? Um, we value, you know, gender pronouns, right? Because we acknowledge, you know, people not addressing people the way they want to be addressed, you know, has caused people to, you know, suicide. Um, Lose people to care, you know, uh, people, you know, go into a chaotic part of their drug use again, you know, um, die, you know, and stuff like that. So language is like a big for us is like the most important thing is language. You know, because with language, that's the first, that's the first um change you're gonna get at restoring anybody's dignity. How you speak to them, you know, especially like if you're in the mo- like as an outreach worker, one thing's for sure, two things for certain, you're gonna walk into someone using, right? You're gonna walk into someone with a needle in their arm, and like you can approach it how you would have approached it before harm reduction, like yo, what the hell, you know, get that out your arm, or you can approach like, hey, you got enough syringes so that you, you know. Um, you'll be good, you need any equipment, you're hungry, you know, how are you feeling? You know, those messages mean everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I one thing I always bring up to people is like, you know, we don't know what a person, you know, is going through or went through, you know, that day. Uh, I think about like when I used to sleep in the streets, you know, I would come off of like the train and from right off the train, you know, I'm going right to like what's now called On Point, you know, but Nairi, was what it was called but I would go to them so angry and all of that and you know just the messaging and the love that I would get from them really like meant a lot for me you know um going from you know being woken up hands and feet on the train to like people who are looking at you like telling you what you're worthy of and uplifting you right because people could say whatever they want you know they could they could speak you know life into somebody but their actions don't meet don't don't really meet you know, their words. Like these are folks who is not only telling me that, but they're like, yo, you're an intelligent person. Do you want to be a hefy navigator? Or, you know, I have people right now, they're like, yo, you know, because you came from this organization, we would love for you to work here, you know, and that means a lot, you know, because now it's not my drug use they looking at. They looking at my being, me, what I'm doing now, you know, the the, the movements that I'm making. And that means a lot, you know, and that's the point that we need to get everybody on, you know, like we need to like look at, you, you know, the the person. You know, um, that's another rule that we that we run by. Like we look at the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they when they walk up to somebody who using drugs, like usually their first um instinct is to you need rehab or something along those lines when sometimes they just want to conversate. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Everything's all right, what's up? How's your family? And those kind of convos mean everything to them because they don't have them, they don't have them with anybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. So One of the things that um, drew us to the um, National Harm Reduction Coalition is, so we're a prevention coalition and we're funded through state and federal money. So I'm sure you know how that goes. You have to stay in a certain lane. And um, more recently, we have been taking on harm reduction. And so we have been researching, you know, how we can participate in harm reduction, past passing out Narcan. And, um, and so we came across your eight principles of harm reduction. I know you do big elaborate trainings on that, but can you give us a little snapshot of um, the principles of harm
2: reduction? Um, okay. So like, this is like my, what I usually, you know, in one of my trainings, you know, I'll pull up the principles of harm reduction. Mm-hmm. There's um, five or six of them, right? And you know, my favorite one is always going to be the health and dignity because, like, you know, when we're dealing with health and dignity, we we're speaking life into people. You know, it establishes the individual and community, um, life and well-being. Right. So, like, we're we're when we're speaking to people, you know, our goal is to get them, you know, from not really, you know, not really caring about health issues, you know, to like wanting them to. So once we're telling them you're worthy of like care you're worthy of being treated a certain way of having a job all of the above you know it starts making it it clicks stuff into them because people aren't usually telling them that people are telling them what they feel um they 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 should be doing and not is usually not what's best for them Mm -hmm. you know one thing um and i have a saying that is if you don't know you don't know Mm -hmm. right and that's what it is with with with, with this, with, with our community. You know, it's like folks don't, you know, this is not normally given to them, you know? um. So if they go around, you know, and everybody's telling them that, you know, they no good, they not going to do nothing with themselves. Well, guess what? That's what's going to happen, you know? Because they don't know, you know? They don't know how to, you know, be empowered and all of that. Um, our services, when we talk about any services um, being implemented in programs, you know, like whatever service we're thinking of, it sh- the, the community should be included there, you know, and then there's another side to that quarter, right, because, yeah, you know, we want to implement services in the community, but it's not services that we want. The community needs to tell us what services are needed. Um, a lot of times we see organizations pop up, you know, and then they're offering all of these services that's not really affecting that community, you know. So, um, you know, always, you know, being mindful of that, you know, uh, with participant involvement, if we always, and, you know, when we talk participant, we're talking community member. You understand? So um when well, and when we involve in them, we're very much being in sync with the community. We creating those relationships, um, you know, and, and connections, you know, and you know, when we hear the community and we listen to the community, you know, we know what's needed, you know, and that's where the you know the 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 previous you know principle really comes into play.
1: We um, have a is- we have a saying we use here. I always get it wrong, Greg will feel free to correct me not about us without us
2: not for us without us
1: not for us without (laughs)
2: nothing about us without
1: us
2: (laughs) that's a harm reduction saying too right and that's so true right you know um because so much, you know, so many times, we and we see it even now, our community being exploited. So many organizations getting money to do certain works that they're not doing, you know, um, and if they are, they're treating our community a certain way. We have organizations out here that are going back to the old school one-for-one one, uh, approach, which is like a person bring a syringe or the amount of syringes a person brings, that's how many syringes they can get. Right. And that that has been proven to, like, be actually counterproductive than anything, you know, because sometimes people don't they're not in a position to be carrying all them syringes on them and all of that. You know, um, so it's just um, so participant autonomy for me is always is going to always be my favorite and is going to always be my end goal you know because when we talk about participant autonomy we're talking about that person being able to stand up for themselves and 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 basically do like if i'm a navigator i'm trying to give as much information and education to this individual as i can that way come saturday and sunday when i'm at, i want to be at home cuddling with my cats i don't get a call like hey my stomach hurts how can I go to the ER and stuff like that? I want them to be able to like, step one is to do, you know, for themselves Saturday and Sunday. And as we progress, you know, we'll see that they'll start doing this seven days a week for themselves. You know, um, my whole thing is, is about empowerment. You know, there's, um, in this movement in this movement, um, they pacify our people, you know, um, and it, that's that's a hard line to walk, right? Because we're not about judging people, um, and I don't I'm not about judging nobody, but I'm not about leaving nobody in one place. Um, in harm reduction, we say we meet people where they at, and usually that's where that um saying ends with a lot of people. But the real saying is we meet people where they at, and we don't leave them there. And when we say we don't leave them there, we empowering them. We teaching them like, hey, look, yeah, you got a lot on your plate, but how can I help you move forward? And then when that person articulates how they can move forward, we helping them get there and they watching and they learning. And, you know, eventually they're going to be standing on their own. That was like the whole process with me It's like people, one, they started with telling me how worthy I am, but then started giving me different coping tools, different tools. Don't act like this in the job. Try to be like this, you know, um, try to stand a certain way so that you're not judged as a Latino. You're going to be looked at a certain way. So you have to uphold like a certain like a a level of ethics with you while you on the job and stuff like that. Those was giving me the tools that I needed to go for each step that I was going higher. A lot of times like people are just giving folks needles and whatever syringe or supplies that they need. And then that's it. They're comfortable with them coming every day. I'm not. I want to see you come up. You know what i mean because that's that's what it should be about community lifting the community there's not none of that nowadays now they go with every because if more people get empowered the less money they're gonna need that's how they see it and that's a sucky way of looking at things mm-hmm. um uh social cultural factors right so we have to acknowledge like you know, the person's background means everything, you know, because if we even if we don't treat them a certain way because of where they from, it don't mean that they're not going to get that everywhere else. You know, so, you know, um, we're we're um, we're we're speaking about that, you know, we're um letting them know about that also, you know, so that they're aware of it, right? Because like one of the biggest things that get our community is the why me attitude. Like something bad happens to them. It's like, oh my God, why me? And then, you know, they go back to doing what they was doing and they lose faith in it. You know, and like the more information you give somebody to prep them during certain situations, you know, it will help them. It, it'll help them more, you know, so that they don't get discouraged by barriers and they actually see it as a challenge, you know, like, um and stuff like that and you know we, we we're realistic right so how we was just saying like we don't condone drug use you know we just don't condemn it you know and on the same side like we acknowledge the bad stuff that come from drugs obviously overdose right mm-hmm. so, um and stuff like that you know we just rather look on the bright side you know rather than you know go like with the old school messaging about drug use and stuff like that, um, so we acknowledge, you know, drug use, you know, uh, it, it can have people overdose and makes people act a certain way, you know, and but we also feel like if we teach safer use, um, techniques and managed use techniques, you know, it can lower those risks and stuff like that, you know, but we have to be willing, you know, and that's the thing about it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, that was awesome.
2: Oh, great. Learning so much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just <laughs> you're like, wow, I need my pen and paper going at all times.
2: <clears throat>
1: what do you think the biggest needs in the community are?
2: The biggest need in the community is we need more programs, right? Because like, look, 2020, we had 100,000, you know, overdoses, over 100,000 overdoses. Um, and the the government's response was um, something called operation overdrive which is putting a bunch of agents in the hard hit areas which really what they mean is put a bunch of agents in the hood right and just arrest a bunch of blacks and Latinos that's that's what they mean you know um and that sucks because that's like the punitive approach that we was talking about um we're talking about a hundred over a hundred thousand totally preventable overdoses. Mm. right and their one the one approach that they feel they need to do is send more cops out harm reduction we've proven that and like take for instance um the opc that just opened up in nyc right um i don't know if you've been like keeping up with like what their statistics look like since they opened up but um there's no syringe litter there at all um there's a school right across the street right, even they are saying, like, they, they need to stay in that community. Um, The drug activity went down, um, the streets are cleaner, nobody's staying outside, right, everybody's inside because there's a drop-in center in there also, along with, it's all wraparound services in there. Every single service you can find, you can find there. If not, they can definitely refer you somewhere close to get it, you know, um, there's no people outside everybody's inside people you know they have a a, a higher percentage of people accessing services Wow, you know like that means a lot less overdoses in that area um they reversed over um close to a thousand overdoses no fatal overdoses
0: wow
2: um a handful um two handfuls of those um was um not um um not um, naloxone was used and half doses so not four milligrams two milligrams all the other overdoses was reversed with oxygen wow. so oh. what that just tells me is that our approaches needs to be completely different yeah. like we need to stop our arresting our weight you know like to to, to we, it's not gonna happen it's not going to happen drug use still happens in prison. I don't. I don't care what nobody say. It still happens in prison. So you're not stopping the drug use. You're putting them in more of a situation that is a more riskier situation for them because prisons are not harm reduction focused at all, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, we need to do more. We need, we need to, we need to have different approaches. We need more harm reduction focused programs, you know, that have access to if they need that abstinence based structure, they have that access also, you know, but we cannot keep with the same approaches that we've been having all these years. Like, it's, it hasn't it hasn't worked for us at all. There's some people that it's worked for. Don't get it wrong. You will hear some people say if police didn't arrest them, they wouldn't be nowhere. And, you know, the police intervention and all. Yeah, there's people that say that. But for the most part, no, there's not. Right. You know, and, and and that's what we need to look at. Because like New York City, we got the highest homeless rate right now. Every day we got a higher number of homeless folks. And we not the biggest state. That's what sucks about it. You know, so we just need a different approach, man. Like being punitive, it doesn't help at all. Right, Jose. How, when you think about the community,
0: what what can organizations do? Because so many times, like you mentioned, they come in. Uh, organizations come in, they're here for a minute, they're gone. They're not following through with what their commitments are. Mm-hmm. How does an organization like your organization, like the, the harm reduction coalition, how does how does the organization come in and gain the trust of that community?
2: So um look, man, um I listened to the Spanish rapper called Consalbero. Um that's that means three-headed dog in Spanish. Um, but um He says the youngins, they look in your eyes for the truth now, you know, and that is the truth. That is reality. Right. Like, um, like I remember when I was a participant. Right. And I knew there was a few different kinds of staff. There was the well-meaning staff who really genuinely wanted the best for you. And because they had that experience, right? Because they've been there, done that. Then you had the person who they genuinely feel for you, but they ain't been through it, but they say they've been through it, right? And then it keeps going. There's like a different lot of people who some they're not, they not, they um. Like, they don't relate to your situation. They just want the numbers. There's others that, like, they don't relate to your situation, but they want to do better for you, right? There's all these kind of peoples, right? And the reason why I said that is because we, like, us, where we from, we know how to size people up really good. Even that's something that never left for me. Like, to this day, you tell me one, two words, and that's enough for me to look you up and down and, like, give you some portion of what kind of person you are, you know, and, you know, we need that, to, you know, to survive, you know, that's where I got those skills when I was sleeping in the streets, I needed that, right, mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it is with our community, like, for me personally, when I'm like, I'm not professional, there's no space that I go in, and I'm trying to be like this professional guy, suit and tie, and there's no space at all that I'm trying to do that, And that's including when I'm doing my outreaching. It's not that I'm trying to show people I've been there, done that. I just don't want them to feel like I'm not that person they can't talk to. And that's where, like, you know, a lot of people, like, once they start outreaching, like the job guests today had, they start looking down on people or looking at them through up their nose and stuff like that. And, like... I always try to be mindful of that, you know, because like, it's really easy to get, you know, inside your head and, you know, it's really easy to forget where you come from, you know, and I always try to remember that and they see it, you know, um, I speak to them about the same things, you know, that I'm um i um, I'm not scrunching my face when they smell a certain way. Um, I'm not trying to tell them what's bad for them, you know, or what's good for them, you know, and that means a lot, you know, Um. You know, we all fall short. We all have our biases, and I just think like the really the 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 main objective is: are are you willing to let that bias um jeopardize somebody else's life or well being? You know, and that's something that I had to learn over these five six years. I've been eight years in harm reduction. Over these last eight years in harm reduction, that's what's been on my mind. You know, like all these biases I have. Am I gonna? I'm gonna let it. You know control me so now certain people are affected or aren't affected you know so yeah wow. nice thing.
1: yeah um so if there are community members listening and they really want to help they want to help your community help um their own community around this uh, is or do you have some suggestions on how they could reach out and help
2: um they that this was we had shirts. I'm um, saying this. i um, like five, six, seven years ago. It was a harm reduction saying, but support your local needle exchange, right? And that's the best thing, like I could say, right? Like get in contact with, like you know, um these community organizations right whether they're overground or underground right because if you go to like these hard hit communities and you stick around like you to watch you start seeing certain people come giving out food giving out syringes like out here not every organization that does outreach is funded to do so and stuff like that so like Support your local needle exchange. Find out what's going on in your community. You know, like, you know, a lot of people, they'd like complacent with, oh, man, I just, where I'm from, like, everybody nods off and then that's it. Like, help help out. You know, like, we have to understand that drug use, the drug is really the problem you know what well, we need to look past that drug we need to figure out why they're using um uh, what their mental health uh, uh, situation looks like their housing stability their family situation you know um their communication with community um Johan Hari is his name he's from um somewhere across seas the uk or something like that but he said that uh the opposite of addiction is connection Yes,
1: mm. we say that. Yeah, right, right,
2: right. So that came from Johan Hari. Uh, well, the first time I heard that, yeah. it came from Johan Hari. Um, and that's 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 the truth, man. Because like ever since I got that message of, you know, like giving back, and like I've been like meeting so many people from my community, from the world, and stuff, and like I'm a better person because I don't feel I'm alone. Mm. Like I don't I don't feel that no more but before harm reduction that I did feel that I felt like my back was against the wall and I was swinging for defense. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was, that was, that was really my mind state. And it was when people started, you know, including me in the community and stuff like that. That's when I didn't have feel the need. Well, my fighting approach is different now It's verbal now, Mm -hmm. right? You understand it's not physical. And as I elevate my, it looks different, you know? So yeah. Yeah.
0: I like how you flipped that and you said my, my fighting approach is different. That's big because you know the fight's not over. Yeah. And I like that. Um, for um for people who, you know, got a glimpse of you know the the eight principal training that you did, you know, the eight uh principal presentation that you did. And for people who want to learn more about the the National Harm induction Coalition, um, where do they look? How do they how do they uh
2: contact you? Okay. Um so you can uh I, for trainings, Um, the I would, a standard way of, of asking for trainings, right, is emailing training, T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G at harmreduction.org. And we have one person that triages the training. If you want a training from a specific person, you know, like me, you can email me, Martinez, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z at harmreduction.org. You know, or if you know the person's last name, the trainer, you can email them, and you know we could set up the trainings ourselves. Um, we have we some of our contracts allow us to do free trainings. Um, but we also have a fee for service. Um, which is like we usually do like training packages. You know, for folks, we've done like f- um series training series for like organizations um and regions. Acts also like we had a Southern Foundation, um. Southern Foundational Friday, which we did a bunch of trainings for um organizations in the South and on different topics, harm reduction, cultural competency, LGBT competency, and stuff like that. So it really depends what they want, you know. But we do have a fee for service that's more, you know, is is more uh is is better. Mm-hmm. And then we have our free ones. Yeah. All right.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for all this information. It's been great. We really appreciate it. Um, We appreciate all you're doing. We loved seeing Batman back there. (laughs) You mentioned another cat though. Who's your other cat?
2: I have six cats. I got, oh, a yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I'm a cat. So that that, that, was, that was definitely part cat of lady? my life being changed. Yeah, I have a cat lady. She's up.
1: <laughs> oh, no, uh, I was calling you the crazy cat lady. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, 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 yeah. I am, I am. <laughs> um, they, they changed my life. You understand? So, and people don't understand like, Oh man, it was them that really made me want to change, and now I live for them. Like I just paid the rent; they own the apartment.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so,
2: so I gotta ask because you said South Bronx a few times, and every time I
0: hear South Bronx, I can't, I can't not hear the song you know in KRS South so. bronx south, <laughs> south south
2: south bronx <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh also I also peeped the hat during it so I gotta ask you know is it Knicks and Nets or is it Yankees and Mets which one
2: so so I live I live in the Bronx but I'm from Brooklyn so right. I'm I'm Brooklyn yeah, and um I do Brooklyn Nets hats and I do New York Yankee hats. I don't go outside of that. All right I go outside of it I'm gonna be honest yeah. like and, and I don't wear nothing but Brooklyn and New York hats. I don't do no other states. I'm like a hard body New Yorker. All right,
0: all right. I appreciate that.
2: You all all right with me? That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I really appreciate. Um, yeah, I appreciate this time in this space. Definitely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for all the sure work you're that. doing too. Thank yeah, you. You're awesome. Thanks. Appreciate you. Yeah. Bye Y'all up. be safe. Me too. Chill. All right.
1: I'm Polly, and you've just listened to Totally Preventable.